0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. I'm William Leonard, your host and investor at Valor Ventures, a leading seed stage venture capital firm here in Atlanta, Georgia. And today I'm really excited to sit down with Kristen Slink, FinTech Catalyst at the ATDC. Kristen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, William. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I I said an interesting acronym there, the ATDC. And, you know, we have a lot of listeners throughout the Southeast US who may not be as familiar with what the ATDC is. So can you start by educating us on that?
1: Absolutely. We get that a lot. We love acronyms at ATDC, which stands for the Advanced Technology Development Center. So we are actually a 41-year-old incubator based out of the state of Georgia. So we're funded by the state, but also run under the umbrella of Georgia Tech. We provide services to entrepreneurs at any stage. So we have a program that starts with, I work a corporate job and I'm interested in entrepreneurship all the way up to a scalable company who's raised a series A and beyond. And we provide coaching, community, curriculum, services, office space, you name it. We have resources for the tech entrepreneurs here in Atlanta in Georgia.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So the ATDC has been around for some time now and I know your story a little bit, but I'm curious as to how you found yourself working for the ATDC. What's what's your background a little bit, Kristen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I always try to make a long story short, <laughs> but I did uh, get my start in San Diego, California. So I uh, founded a company called Loan Hero back in 2014, and that was really the result of consulting. So in the past, I would consult with retailers on how to create a lending program. So essentially being able to extend payment options to their customers, typically working with retailers with a product or service over $3,000 or more. And so in that experience, I realized that it was a really... Honorous process to get loans processed with different lenders having different um, credit segments that they really catered on. And at the time, there was no single platform that really integrated multiple lending options with one seamless user experience for the retailers. And so taking that experience through the consulting, uh, we went out and raised $400,000 on an idea. <laughs> so you don't hear that often, but we raise money to build Loan Hero Spent four years building that up, and ultimately got acquired by Georgia-based Lending Point, that's out in Kennesaw. And as part of that acquisition, I ended up moving out here about three years ago. Uh, worked with them for about ten months to see through the integration. And at the end of that, I was here in Atlanta and just started researching. You know, if you are an entrepreneur and interested in starting a company, where do you go? Uh, when I started my journey, I was not part of any community and made a ton of mistakes, and so that coupled with being in a new city, I really wanted to get ingrained. And so ATDC was one of the first acronyms I heard in the programs I learned about. And after meeting them and understanding what they did, it was just a perfect fit for what I was looking for. And so I joined the team as an entrepreneur in residence start. And then after being there for about six months, I ended up uh, moving into a full-time capacity running the FinTech vertical. So that's where I'm at today.
0: Now, that's a really interesting story. And, and, you know, at the onset of your career, did you start out in, in finance or, or consulting? What were the early origins of, of Kristen's career?
1: I was a psychology major. Uh, mm-hmm. When I moved out to California, my question was uh, do I pursue business, which was always a passion of mine, or do I go and work in mental health? And I ended up uh, pursuing business, worked for Enterprise Rent a Car, believe it or not, uh, with their management training program. So really no uh, previous experience in business, entrepreneurship, technology, finance, any of that. I just kind of found myself uh, in this consulting role after several different years of trying to figure out what my passions were and uh, learned as I went and, and that started my journey.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we're talking to a lot of investors or a lot of founders oftentimes on this podcast. And so you're a little bit of a unique addition to the fray here in that your title is a a fintech catalyst. So what does your day-to-day look like practically in that role at ATDC?
1: Yeah, I have a really fun job and it's really simple to explain it. So I spend about 60% of my time coaching the entrepreneurs and then I spend forty percent of my time out in the community, and that involves bringing awareness to our program, ATDC in general, awareness to our fintech vertical, our portfolio members, finding new companies, and just really connecting everyone within our community. It's a really big part of that that role and what I do.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. You know, as a local investor here in town, the ATDC is just so instrumental in terms of talent development just really incubating local businesses and helping them become that venture scale, that venture-backable startup. And, you know, you're working with startups on a day-in and day-out basis, so you're seeing a lot of things happening at the early stage, right? And so I'm curious, you know, what are some of the critical mistakes or the critical aspects of the building process that you see a lot of the founders you work with struggle through or learn from as well?
1: There are several. I think a big one is all around fundraising. So in my personal experience, raising money too early, I didn't have a product yet. So think about that um, You know, equity take from that, those investors early on, um, and also seeking money from the wrong investors too. So not every company needs to raise startup capital to be successful. You really need to be working with the right funds, raising at the right time. And my biggest um, feedback to entrepreneurs is always try to get as much traction as you can. And I'm sure as an investor, you love that too. You know, Being able to show that you've got something tangible, that you have customers that want to pay for what you're providing and you're really solving a need, really kind of building that awareness and improving that out, I think is pretty critical at the early stages. Another mistake I see a lot of entrepreneurs make as well is building a product without talking to customers. It sounds really basic, but it actually happens a lot more uh than you would imagine. So there's a lot of people out there that start building products but aren't talking to the end user, come to find out after the product's built, they get a lot of feedback to tweak that, where that could have been done a lot earlier on in the process. So those are just a couple of things.
0: Really interesting insight there. And you mentioned something, you know, you you spoke to who the ATDC is helping. And it's really a wide range of people from those who are in the corporate world who want to be an entrepreneur to those who already have their business kind of in, in the swing of things. I guess, you know, my question for you is, you know, what advice would you give to those who are thinking about maybe applying to be in an the ATDC? And then what are some of the practical value adds of being a member and being a part of the different verticals that the ATDC has to offer?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I'll explain that really quick. So we really have three different tiers. And I always explain it as a pyramid. So the shortest concentration or smallest concentrations at the top largest is at the bottom. So I'll start at the bottom with the largest. That's our educate program. You do not have to apply to be part of our community. So it's $25 per person per quarter. You just sign up on our website which is atdc.org and you instantly get access to all of events that we. Have. So we do core curriculum around about customer discovery, so really you know, talking to your customers and finding out making sure that you're solving a need. We also have financial readiness, so we walk early stage entrepreneurs through building a financial model and put them in touch with those who can kind of help them tweak that, make sure you're know where the money's coming from, where the spend's going. And we also have an investor readiness course as well. That's kind of part of our core three, getting you ready to talk to investors and kind of how to do so. So it's super easy, you just join on the website, get access, and you can get, um, you know, connected to our community and some of our resources. Now going up the the pyramid there, so to speak, the different different levels, the next level is accelerate. And so where educate programs more on the individual basis, accelerate is on the company level. And this is what you do have to apply for. So uh, you would just have to get a coach like myself to really say, yes, they're at this particular stage. And when I say particular stage, what we're really looking for in the accelerate level is an MVP built and has been iterated at least one time. So you're talking to customers and making some iterations. You've got a small, you know, start of a team. You've raised some sort of money. All coaches kind of consider that differently. I look at that as bootstrapping, raising friends and friends friends and family, even the seed level. And really kind of establishing that product market fit is really a big concentration there. So you just meet with uh, ATDC coach and catalyst like myself. I get another person involved. And as long as there's two that are really saying yes, as companies at this particular stage, we welcome you into the program. Um, And I'll talk about the resources and stuff available to Accelerate and Signature after I explain Signature. So Signature is the next level up. This is our smallest concentration. These are companies really at scale. So typically in this phase, they have raised um, their their seed or series A, they've got customers traction, some re- revenue, they've got a good basis of a team, and they're really focused on scale. Um, so that's kind of where they're at. Now, for the Accelerate and the Signature Portfolio members, we do offer a lot more benefits. And so in addition to our curriculum, our community, and kind of just being involved in ATDC in general, you do get assi- assigned coaching. And coaches. So every company gets two coaches. And then when you get into the signature level, you are also teamed up with an entrepreneur in residence in EIR. Uh, We also have Connect programs as well. So we have Campus Connect. So Joy runs that. She helps connect our companies to campus resources on Georgia Tech, primarily more on the hiring phase. So we do a lot of job fairs. We have a database of resumes. So we really help connect and find some talent coming out of the university. Uh, Our Corporate Connect is Corbett who runs that. He helps connect our portfolio members to corporations, um, not just in Atlanta and Georgia, but mostly in the South. so the goal there is feedback pilots, that sort of thing, sometimes an investment. And then last, we have an investment connect. Brad is the one who runs that program. And that's really connecting our companies to investors, the investment community. Um, one flagship event that we do is our investor roadshow. We're typically Prior to COVID, we would bring companies to both the East Coast and the West Coast. And then most recently, we did one focus on fintech where it was virtual. We had our companies create digital booths, and then we invited our investment community to come take a look for a month. So I just did a lot of talking on explaining the program. I know it's a mouthful. I say it all the time. Um, So I'll stop and see if you have any question.
0: No, I mean, like you said, you did explain a lot, but it gives a great breakdown of the true benefit and how ATDC has been so critical to the Metro Atlanta startup ecosystem in in the community here. And so, you know, within that pyramid, you explain it's like there's benefit for everyone who's building a startup, right? And from your perspective, you're unique because you've built, you've scaled and you've exited a startup before. And obviously, along the way, you've learned and experienced a lot of happenings that come with building a business. And so, you know, from your viewpoint, Kristen, What are some of the things or what are some of the critical lessons that you've learned personally along your journey of building, scaling and exiting Lone Hero? And how has that translated to your role at ATDC, would you say?
1: I say they go hand in hand. I would say my number one learning is learn from other people's mistakes. A lot of us have made mistakes. Uh, A lot of us talk about those mistakes. And so if you can learn that from someone else, hopefully you can avoid those too. you know, just kind of understanding what to look for, what to avoid, or knowing what kind of situation someone has been in the past kind of helps steer you into the right direction. And so that's really a big learning that came from there, um, which also stems into community as well not only learn from other people's mistakes, but also surround yourself with others doing like-minded things. So that's why community is so big. I'm so excited to go back to ATDC's headquarters, which is in tech square, just to be surrounded by the energy um, and being able to meet other entrepreneurs. You know, that's one thing that we like to do is connect other entrepreneurs to one another, because you never know what you can learn from someone else or what experiences they have had. So community connections, and really just kind of, Understanding that there's so many people out there that want to help you is just that building that awareness piece. You know, it's out there, but like, let take my my experience, for example, you know, I raised money without even knowing what a pitch deck was or what investors were. I was using Google. Come to find out there's a there's a startup community in San Diego, same here in Atlanta and Georgia. Um, you know, even if you're in Macon, for example, you can join ATDC and be part of the community that way and and really, you know, know that there are other people there to help kind of lift you and guide you on the path.
0: Yeah, it's good to know that you don't have to be directly centered here in the metro Atlanta area to be a part of ATDC because, you know, I went to Mercer. Mercer's starting to build an immersive startup community itself. I know we've got universities in Carrollton, Athens, Statesboro, Georgia. So it's good to know. I think it's important to bring awareness around that as well. And, and shifting gears here a little bit, you know, you've been in Atlanta for three or four years now you've been able to, to really assess the, the startup scene and specifically within fintech. And I'm curious, you know, from your viewpoint, how has it evolved over the last few years? And, and then a tangent off of that, you know, why is fintech so important in, here in the Southeast United States?
1: Yeah, I love this question because when I say I moved to Atlanta from San Diego, people kind of look at me and are like, what? What do you mean? Don't you miss San Diego? I actually had that conversation this morning where I miss San Diego, but the Atlanta community is just so vibrant and it's so Southern hospitality is a thing, right? I, I think that is a really big difference. So coming from a different you know, startup hub in the US coming to Atlanta, I think that our startup Community is very inclusive and um, everyone wants to help one another. It's, it's really like, I'll pat your back, you pack mine, you know, and so it's just that camaraderie that comes from that, that I really enjoy about this community. And that's in general, uh, FinTech specifically, starting an online lending business in San Diego and saying FinTech, people kind of look at you like, I don't really know what you're talking about. And so not only people understanding your business model um, specifically, but also being able to connect you to partners, mentors, other people in the industry to really help step. Stone, your progress um, was lacking there. And so coming into a fintech hub where I say fintech and everyone's like, what kind? Um, you know, it's a different kind of conversation and even opened my eyes up to how big fintech was. Um, you know, in my personal experience, fintech to me was online lending. Uh, Where FinTech is, you know, more typically in, in Atlanta, you're hearing about payments, but over the last couple of years, and you had asked me kind of the difference between when I first got here and now, even that has expanded, right? We have so many companies that are doing something in FinTech, I always argue every Company can have some kind of aspect of fintech in it now that we're kind of coming into that space. But, you know, if you're processing payments or moving money around or there's a lot of financial literacy literacy, for example, there are a lot of different business models that do wrap in fintech. And so it is very important to the southeast and not only Atlanta. And I'm glad you said kind of the greater southeast. We're really connected to Charlotte as well. You know, the Charlotte fintech um organizations up there and then I also recently co-chaired Fintech South which is our the biggest fintech conference in the southeast and we had tons of speakers and great content and a lot of heavy hitters kind of coming to showcase Atlanta and there was a lot of talks about you know why corporations are moving here why companies are hiring here you know there's so many universities there's talent there's Fortune 500s. There are bigger fintech organizations. There's just there's so much to offer here. So I can go on day, days and days about kind of the differences between my, my former, um, you know, community and now. But I would say I'm pretty glad to be in Atlanta these days.
0: Yeah, I think you touched on all the, the core underpinnings of why Atlanta is solidifying itself. As uh, a fintech hub, you mentioned the universities, you mentioned the companies moving here, the the Fortune 500s that are already here. It's it's just a uh, it's almost like a renaissance period for the city <laughs> in terms of innovation and just mm-hmm. building around fintech specifically. So you know I'm glad we're here. I'm glad you you relocated as well. And you know we've we connected early this year for the first time, and we've talked several times between then, Kristen and you know you. It's interesting, you know, I love how you you label yourself as a non techie turned techie a f and I'm curious like how you practically turned into a techie um, and how others who aren't super technical can follow a similar path to you know building a startup, having that idea, executing on that idea and and having success like you did
1: yeah, so not only. Am I non technical and built an online lending business? But even in the last three years of working with a lot of different entrepreneurs, I think a lot of the really successful ones are non-technical. They come from these fields, these industries, where they recognize a really big pain point, have an idea about how tech can really take them to the next level and they they go and build it. And so I do see a lot of disconnect too between, you know, knowing what you want to build, and then thinking you have to be technical in order to do so. And so I'm a really big believer that you don't have to be technical. And I'm very vocal about that as well, because I want to empower those that do have ideas for tech businesses that you don't need to have to write the code, right? There are so many resources out there and so many ways to visualize and articulate your idea. Um, it takes a lot to get to that point, but it's doable, and you can also leverage a lot of resources around. And so, I'm just super empowered around that, and passionate about really just you know being proof of that. I wasn't technical; I didn't come from a finance background, but I did create a successful business that I ultimately sold. And I see so many other founders that are kind of of that mold as well um, that are really kind of coming into that. So, you know, as time has progressed, I think back you know, even five years ago, you really felt like you had to be the one to build it. I've got this idea, I'm going to build it, tinker with it. And then I'm going to, you know, raise VC funds and then make it this big thing. But now you're really seeing a lot of non-technical entrepreneurs come out of the woodwork and be able to be successful as well, raise money, create these businesses that are really life changing. And so there's a lot of power behind that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, is there any advice or insight from your perspective on how somebody who is non-technical can can find technical talent to help them build? Is there a specific way to go about that? How do you how do you want to talk about that?
1: I'm a big believer in visualizing your idea. (laughs) And so I do, you know, I kind of fell into a product role at my last company. And so I really learned through my experience in those years of building Lone Hero of how to talk to technical teams, and the biggest way to talk to technical teams is visually. Um, really, you know, articulating what you want the software to do in the form of a clickable prototype is, I think, the best way to visualize your idea. Not only to get it built, but also to raise money, to hire talent, to find customers, to get feedback. That process of really. Um, you know, validating your idea, putting some strategy behind it, doing customer discovery and ultimately putting it in some sort of visual form where you can put it in front of people for feedback. One helps get the idea out of your head onto paper and and helps articulate that idea to others. It also shows that you put a lot of thought to it. And when it comes time to get that built, there's less confusion on what's in your head versus what actually gets built. Um, Technical... Folks have a different way of processing and thinking about things. And so the best way that I've always kind of navigated that conversation is visually showing them this is this is how it's done. And I even say clickable prototype and some non-technical folks may be like, I don't know about that. That sounds too technical, but there's a lot of drag and drop systems out there and, and a yeah. clickable prototype doesn't have to be beautiful. It just needs to show, you know, what you're trying to get across.
0: Yeah, interesting. So having that, that visual representation at the early stages is so important. Okay. Interesting. I love that. Yeah. Great advice, Kristen. You know, I think this has been a really interesting conversation. It's a little bit out of the norm, and but I love it because you're providing such a unique perspective and really educating a lot of our listeners who are early stage founders, or maybe want to go out and build a business, but they need that inspiration, or maybe they're just non-technical. And that's that's stopping them from going out and building. So I love the advice that you shared about just surrounding yourself with people who are technical, having that visual of what you want to build, and just going and doing it, right? Yeah. Not letting anything get in your way.
1: Going and doing it. I just want to like hang on those words for a minute. It's really, it's just taking the step. It's doing it. It's just making the move, right? You're not going to get anywhere by not doing it. So you just have to take that first step um, and and do it. And I just feel very passionate about empowering those just to kind of, you know, get into it, get into entrepreneurship, do it. You've got the idea, you've got the power, you can succeed. You can do it with the the right work.
0: Awesome. Well, Kristen, I think this has been a great conversation. I appreciate you joining me to share more about ATDC, your background, your role as a fintech catalyst and and how you're helping startups, not only in the metro Atlanta area, but in throughout the state of Georgia, um, build businesses, get connected with potential customers and and just further contribute to the ecosystem. So really appreciate you joining here, Kristen. and, And let's let's certainly do it again.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And if anyone wants to follow me on LinkedIn, it's Kristen's link. And then my handle is I am tech AF on Instagram.
0: Awesome. And then what's the ATDC website as well?
1: ATDC.org. And there's a button at the top right-hand corner that says join. So just click on that button, make an account, pay the $25 for the quarter, and then look at all of our events and, and curriculum that we have available and get to it.
0: Perfect. Kristen, thank you again for joining.
2: Thank you for listening to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. You know, we're not just a podcast, we're a community, and we'd love to see you at one of our digital or physical events. Go to valor.vc and sign up for an event that makes sense for you. We have events for founders and the investors who back them. Another event you might enjoy is Startup Runway. The Startup Runway Foundation is a Valor organization that provides $10,000 grants to founders who are women or people of color building next generation software products. Applications are free and we'd love to hear from you at startuprunway.org. That's startuprunway.org. And as always, thank you so much to the organizations that make this podcast possible. Not only Valor Ventures, but also Right to Market, a tech marketing and PR agency in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Startup Runway Foundation, and Atlanta Tech Park, Valor's headquarters, and also headquarters for over 100 local entrepreneurs building global businesses. See you next week. Please bookmark the podcast and join us.